Hello, my dear one, and welcome to the Authentic Life Design Podcast, the place for dreaming boldly and being unapologetically yourself. Life design is all about taking your power back and intentionally creating a life based on your own rules, values, and understandings of success. Authentic Life Design is here to empower you to go beyond your inner limitations and design a fulfilling, free, and abundant life. Hi, my name is Vihra, I'm your host here, and I'm on a mission to inspire, empower, and guide people to overcome their inner doubts and find courage to live life boldly, fully, and fulfilled. With my coaching, I help aspiring boss babes to find their essence, gain knowledge and confidence, and build their own businesses. I'm so happy that you're here today, let's get started. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Authentic Life Design Podcast and to a very special month here on the podcast. I like to call March the birthday month, since both me and Authentic Life Design have birthdays. This year I'm turning 28, Authentic Life Design is turning two, and because of that, March here is going to look a bit different. After a series of solo episodes in the start of the year, in this month, I'm excited to share with you inspiring interviews and life design talks with some of my closest friends. The Life Design Talks are my little researches and investigations on how successful self-employed women have managed to turn their passion into a personal brand or a business. And before reaching out to people I admire from the online space, I decided to look into my friend circle. Because the truth is, in order for me to be where I am today, I was lucky enough to surround myself with many inspiring women that showed me it is possible. Women who have followed their heart and had the courage to build a life based on their own terms. And I'm so happy to have one of my dearest friends joining today, the podcast. Emma is a professional dancer and a stretching coach, born, raised and based in Berlin. She was one of my closest people back in Berlin and someone who always was very driven about the life she wants to create. Emma has always had a vision board, a planner, we've always discussed projects and goals we want to accomplish, and the most beautiful thing about that is that I've seen her reaching many of her dreams and goals she set for herself. So to 100%, I can say that Emma is a life designer because she sets goals, she follows her heart, and she creates life the way she wants it. I'm really glad that Emma was very real and honest in this conversation about some of the more taboo topics in the sphere of being self-employed. We spoke about side jobs, financial planning, competition and jealousy, and also the self-help books we never really read. So without further ado, I would like to leave you in our first live design talk for the year. I hope it brings you inspiration. I hope it shows you a great example of how life can look like and also opens our eyes to a lot of the challenges that we can meet on the way. Enjoy! Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm so happy to see your face and to reconnect with you. Um, I always like to start with like a generic question of how was your day today? It was good. It was a bit stressful because I woke up at seven, which was early for me. And uh, yeah, then I went to an early dance class and then I actually wanted to go home to chill a bit before we have the podcast session now. But then I decided to go to the gym. So I went to the gym (laughs) and that's why I just had like 30 minutes now at home before our session now. But that's fine. I'm really good. And I'm so excited for yeah this conversation. 
Wow. Can you, like, is this a good representation of a general day of yours? Like, how do you, do you have kind of a routine in your daily life? How does a week of yours look like? Oh, it's always different, but there are, of course, some things that are always there. Like, of course, I always train. I kind of always go to the gym. <laughs> it's, it comes and goes in waves, but um, in general, I always do it and yeah like actually this is the first podcast I'm in so I'm really excited and it was one of my goals this year to be in one so thank you for having me <laughs> thank you for being here you're actually the first guest for this season and also for uh, this year so um, as I told you I guess the biggest reason why we're here is to reflect on your journey. And um, we know each other for a couple of years now, and I've been following you uh, both like very close when I was living in Berlin, but also from afar when I moved here. And I've seen many changes in your life. And I um, I would love to reflect on that. I don't think that we as friends always sit back and we're like, okay, so how did I get here? So what did I, what are the things that I did in order to be where I am? But, um, this is the biggest goal of this podcast today. So I guess the first thing I would love to dive into is understanding your life right now. So how does your life look like? What are the things that you do? Um, what are the things that you're passionate about and that you're, yeah, just enjoying in your life? And then we're going to track it back of how did you end up here? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> how did I end up here? <laughs> yeah, so I am a professional dancer and dance teacher. I live in Berlin. I was also born and raised here. So I was actually in one place for my whole life, um, which has its pros and cons, I guess. Um, and yeah, my my day-to-day -day life, as I just said, there are many things that I always do, but on the other hand, I also don't have like a set structure, to be honest. Mm. Like sometimes I do jobs and then I don't have my routine. Sometimes I'm here for weeks, for months at home, and then I need kind of a routine to, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but on the same side, I'm a person that gets bored very quickly. So it's, I, I love the idea to have a routine, but I'm not the right person to have a routine. Mm. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so, for, so I always have to find things that excite me again and new things and new yeah. things to learn and yeah for someone who is not so much in the whole like dance area um how would you explain because you said jobs so what are the different things that you do I know you teach classes I know that you're you get booked as a dancer but what are the things that you the jobs that you do so um yeah as you just said I kind of divide it into the teaching thing where I have my weekly classes. At the moment, I just teach three set classes a week and then some privates with people who want to book me. <laughs> and um, I have also a stretching program that I started during the pandemic. And then on the other hand, I see myself as Emma the dancer. And this is where I, yeah, what I just said, where I have jobs. And this can be everything from music videos to TV shows or events, whatever comes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always very different. But this is what I love about it, that it's always different and not always the same because 
yeah, this is what I need and what also keeps me, yeah, curious about it. Yeah. So I would say for sure one really positive thing about being um, self-employed or working as a freelancer is that you really can navigate your day-to-day life and it can always be very um, various and like differ from day-to-day what you do and what you focus on. Um, Do you have any kind of routine that you always come back to or the things that bring you no matter like how different your day is, you said that you do like routine sometimes. So what are, what are parts of your routine? So any kind of movement, to be honest. Um, so even if I'm on a job where I have, for example, 10 hours of rehearsal each day, I love to have some other kind of movement that is not part of the job, mm. but that's part of, I'm doing something for myself, even if it's just like five minute little stretching session or a little walk in the morning or when I have a break that I just go out and walk around. This is also a movement. (laughs) So you don't always have to go to the gym at 6 a.m. Walking is also really, really good for the body and the mind. Um, So any part of movement and when I'm just, yeah, at home and not working, um then I think for me the training is a really really big part of my routine and something that really gives my day a structure Mm -hmm. so I plan my week my day kind of based on the training I want to go to and the classes I want to take the sessions I want to have with friends or colleagues yeah myself and then other routines I have yeah I'm a list girl so I love to have my little to-do list (laughs) It's just part of me. Yeah. <laughs> I have a to-do list every day, to be honest. And I I use it um kind of as a mixture between like a to-do list, but also time blocking. Do you know what time blocking is? Yeah. You so can I, explain I, it how you understand like how you apply it. Yeah. So I always I always have a to-do list, but it's not like, like I have this huge list and then I don't know, I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what I want to do today. But I have this list and I try to always do it on Sundays, but yeah, sometimes it's Mondays, whatever. (laughs) Then I just um, check my week and see, okay, what do I want to accomplish this week of this huge to-do list? And I prioritize my tasks or things that I want to do. Then I just put it into my calendar. I still have like a proper calendar. I don't work with my phone or any Mm. like digital stuff. I love to write things down. Um, and then yeah I just like make time for it and when something is set in my calendar then it's gonna happen yeah no matter what 95 percent of the time yeah Mm. so yeah this is how I make sure that I keep working on the things I want to do or I have to do also Mm. and I love the feeling of crossing things off this gives me so much joy (laughs) that's why I think I still have a list always. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this. I think one very important thing when we are navigating such a um, different type of day-to-day life, you got to know what is the focus of the day. You got to know what is the focus of the week because it also helps me a lot to know, like have kind of a to-do list just because as you said, like it's not waking up and being like, oh, So what do I do today? You already have kind of a plan, like how flexible it is. It's also up to you. But um, yeah, I'm curious, what is one thing that you 
completely love about your lifestyle um, or your work life, let's say, um, and one thing that it's rather a struggle? So what I love about it is actually the thing you just said, the autonomy that I have, that I can decide. Of course, I have, for example, my classes. There are people waiting for me. I have to go there at a certain time. But that's just such a small part of the day. I can decide when I want to choreograph, when I want to plan my classes. I can do it at 2 a.m. in the night. I can do it at 7 in the morning. Like <clears throat> There's no one who's telling me, now you have to be here from there to there. Please do your task now. What if I don't feel creative at this time? Then I can just do it another time. Yeah. That's so nice. That's what yeah. I love. And also the uh, variety of the job. I really, really love. Um, but at the same thing, um, like last year, I had my first injury. I've been dancing for 20 years and knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> Like, of course, there are like small things where, I don't know, you sprain your ankle or something, but that's fine. Mm. But last year I had an injury with my knee and I couldn't dance for three months. And it was like the longest time I ever I couldn't dance. And yeah, this was a moment not only for, of course, thoughts like, oh my God, I don't earn money now or something like this, which was a bit hard. But also for my mental health, like I really realized how like dance has such a big effort, uh, not effort, such a big um, impact mm. on everything in my life and on my mental health and my emotions. Like I'm a really, really emotional person, which is nice and <laughs> I want to live with it. But I just realized that, yeah, dance really like regulates it a bit. Mm. and when I had these three months without it and without any movement it was not like oh I can't dance now and not take class okay now I go for walks and do workouts or whatever like I was just for some weeks I was just sitting on the couch with my leg up and eyes on it mm. and just sitting there and this was a moment where I felt like oh god I'm so dependent on this one thing yeah yeah that's so interesting because I think it packs together both like the part of how you are dependent on yourself. So yes, you could be working, working, working and making a lot of money, but also when you get sick or where you're even like in your, you're not in the mental space for some time to, to move forward. It gets very scary because there's no one paying you like checks and bills. Um, and also, so what, this is the one part. And I, I guess the other is, this being something you love so much and you found kind of your escape or your emotional kind of release and not being able to do that yeah. wow so what helped you in this moment <sighs> netflix <laughs> <laughs> so switching off in a way just binged friends from the beginning all over again um, yeah i think i just had to accept it and just like I was really like diving into the feelings I cried so so much but that's fine and that is okay and there are phases for everything in life and this was not my phase to train but to also realize hey it's also nice to have social contacts mm. <laughs> not that I don't have it in my day-to-day um, -day life but yeah I know that I'm Some priorities yeah uh, yeah yeah and also it showed me that 
yeah, life is so much more than just the job and the jobs you do. And there are so many more goals than just, oh, I want to dance this show or I want to be on this event or da da da. And yeah, when I was in those three months, it felt like three years. And I was like, oh, everyone else is going on and everyone is training. And how will it be when I come back? Will it be easy or hard? And how long will it take and to be on the same level? But then when I was back, like after, I don't know, one week, it felt like nothing happened. This, mm. this was weird. Yeah. And of course, all, uh, also my friends and my boyfriend, everyone who was really there for me and checked up on me during this time. This was also really nice and comforting and good good to know and good to have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this and sharing your learnings because I feel like sometimes when you're trying to, and I know you are a person who creates these vision boards and have these dreams and aspirations and you, and you know where you want to be. Like you found these things that you think this thing you love and you're kind of starting to go towards this vision and you um a lot of things are based so much on work and career and how do I get there and how do I get to the next show and how do I get to the next um job I want to do and it's interesting how sometimes life comes in the way and it's like wait there are other life areas which you haven't given so much love and attention to and I felt this also very strongly last year um seeing how I've over prioritized work so much over my friendships and just being present with people and also not talking about your work because um yes I'm very passionate about the things I do but also sometimes I don't know I think this is um one really interesting balance we have to to find in in life too not only being so like work um and go oriented okay. but rather yeah, yeah yeah balance is actually my word of the year of course you have a word of the year I love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so okay we have the I, I think the picture of Emma right now living her life having these kind of different jobs teaching the classes having the routine um if we go back 10 years ago were you <laughs> you can't see that but Emma is like calculating <laughs> um can you first uh, remember where you were back then around and also were you having this image that you can be at this place um 10 years later no I really hadn't mm. like it's crazy it's crazy I think 10 years ago I kind of didn't know that this job existed that I do now like of course I knew that there was like dancers that dance in theaters and doing more classical work and musical theater performers and everything I knew about that and this was what I wanted to do 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do musical theater because I thought this is the only thing I can do without uh, like proper ballet education and without being really tall so that I could do like showgirl stuff. There was like, okay, then I have to do musical theater. And I really didn't know about the like commercial dance scene or that you can be a freelancer with dancing. And yeah, this is, yeah, this just came to me then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to take you probably even um, further back in your journey, <laughs> but um, how did you find your passion for dance? And I guess performance art, because I know you've been into musicals too. 
Yeah. Um, it was kind of a coincidence, to be honest. So I started dancing when I was six years old, um, when I was in first grade. And here in Berlin, we have this big show theater. It's called Friedrichstadtpalast. It's yeah, like Europe's biggest show theater. And they have a young ensemble where you start when you're six and there's a casting for it, like an audition. And uh, yeah, former classmates of mine, her mom, I don't know, texted my mom and said, yeah, she's going to this casting. I read about it in the newspaper. Does Emma want to join? But I've never danced before. So it wasn't like I had like, I don't know, those mm -hmm. year old classes. I've never done anything before. And then my mom asked me and I yeah it was okay let's go I didn't know <laughs> what I was expecting and yeah then I there were two rounds of this casting and I, I was accepted and my friend wasn't so this was a bit like uh. <laughs> yeah. but yeah this is like I don't know that's how life is and that's how the dance life and the artist life is uh, maybe it was a bit early to feel this when you're six years old but that's another topic <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah and then I I don't know I kind of just did it and I always liked it but I think when I was a teenager was the time when I really felt like oh my god I love this and where I also realized I think I'm good at it and I think this is something that I want to put work in I think this is the most important thing like no matter what your passion is can be mathematics I don't know I don't care <laughs> but you have to, you have to find something where you're willing to put in the work because this is like one of the biggest things that it takes in my opinion yeah and yeah then I it started so small like I started to do little challenges with my dance friends like I don't know learning the splits or stretching every night or doing little workouts every day to be better in dance and it started like this and yeah the passion got bigger and bigger mm. kind of. yeah and so you have been dancing ever since you started yeah. at six and you, wow okay wow um I know that in order for you to find because yeah we call it passion but I guess um at least for me there were a lot of like zigzag on my journey so you go in one direction and you're like oh this is what I want to do and you're like nah okay not exactly this maybe this but a little bit different and then you start like navigating this so did you have such kind of experience like with maybe first going more into one direction and then be like oh no so this is like the the, the whole pathway of finding your thing so your kind of like niche or special self the thing that you want to do yeah, so I think one of the biggest zigzag <laughs> was this uh, musical theater time. Like, as I just said in the beginning, I wanted to do musical theater. And I tried it for many years to get into a university to study musical theater, but it never worked. Like, in some schools, I got into the last round, and on some schools, I got kicked out in the first round. And it was always so different that I didn't know like is it like dumb to just go on and try it and try it and try it or should I just leave it there mm. but then um after I think two years I was like okay I need something else in my life I need something that I have and I can still go on and do those um uh, auditions and then I actually um <laughs> started to study 
theater science. <laughs> yeah, a little funny, uh, another zigzag. And this is where I felt like uh, I'm so wrong here. This is really what I don't want to do. But it also showed me that I don't want to do musical theater, but that I want to focus more on dance. Mm. Um, and I never wanted to study dance because in Germany, we just have those, like you can study contemporary dance, but I always was interested in many different dance styles. Mm. And I think this was also the time where I started to do also like hip hop and a bit of commercial and all the other urban styles. Mm. And I didn't want to be put in like a box where it's like, okay, she has a contemporary dance education. She's a contemporary dancer now. Mm -hmm. That's not what I wanted to do. So it took some time, some years to find this path. And I tried out so many dance styles and I yeah, often had this question in my head, is it good to have like one strength where you're really, really, really good at it? Or is it better to be able to, yeah, be versatile and can a bit can do a bit of everything and this is kind of the way I chose mm. and also this <laughs> has its pros and cons but I'm happy that I did it like this mm. yeah yeah I'm happy that you're I'm really happy that you're mentioning this because I feel like no matter in which sphere often oftentimes it comes this point where you understand that as a human being you have multiple interests and you don't want to be put only in this one box and be this yeah. one box until the end of your life but also as you said it has the downside of um not being able to go in depth I guess in this one thing but like being more of a like multi-diversitile type of being um and yeah but I think I really get you on this one because I, I feel like I am the same. I always struggled with focusing on one thing and but I also knew that for myself, I like this kind of um, the variety to every day do something different, to be able to see myself under different hats. Um, but I and I do believe that it has kind of an um, positive outcome because this is where you can create something of your own. Like you can pick up these kind of four things and make some kind of like your thing out of them. Yeah. But I think on the same side, it's also a bit dangerous because. I feel like, or for myself, sometimes I still compare myself to people that are specialists in one thing that I do a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think, ah, why is this person so good at it? Yeah, because they spend more time, way more time on this one thing while I did other things. Yeah, yeah. I, I often have this, but in these moments, I also rem remember, wait, yeah, they are there, but look how day life looks like. And do you like that? Like the whole picture? Because yeah. I do enjoy, as I said, like having this kind of different days and being able to also go out and ski. And I don't know, just understanding that there are a lot of positives about your your life and the decisions that you've made, because this these are the things that you love. Yeah, there's like one a great picture I want to share that one of my, I don't know, I would maybe say mentors now uh, gave me. And she said, imagine like one person is just driving one car. And of course, this one person can really go just the road up and then maybe they arrive or wherever the goal is. 
but the other person or I now I drive six cars at the same time and I always have to go from car to car exactly, and it will yeah. take longer to get all the six cars into the mm. uh, end position yeah. and I really like this picture so yeah. even if we have different interests we're still the same person mm. and we can't split up and say okay this part of me is this and this part of me is this we're still one person that drives many cars at the same time and that's difficult <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so be patient yeah 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 it is it, first it's a great metaphor and i think it's nice that you mentioned comparison because i feel like it comes like it comes naturally to every one of us in in moments and just coming back to remembering why you're driving these six cars and how much you love them and want to bring them there it's also yeah and also giving yourself credit for being like i don't know um brave enough to be driving these six cars and not just one and i know that there are some people that are really good at driving one car and they this is what makes them happy and um yeah lucky them (laughs) (laughs) as far as i understood this was this moment in time around high school i guess that you started understanding okay i think that this is what i want to do i think that dance is my career path so what made you choose this path what made you really um go for it in a way so yes when I was a teenager, as you just said, I was like, yeah, I want to do it, but I never had the courage to really say it or to tell anyone I want to be a dancer or I want to be on stage or something. It was more like really a dream where I thought this will never be my life. But then actually there was one moment. It was the first year um, after I wasn't part of the Young Ensemble anymore and I still watched their premiere we went there as a family with my mom my brother and my stepfather and I sat there and I cried the whole show because I was so sad that I wasn't on stage anymore with them Uh and um yeah this is where I kind of realized oh my god I I want to do it I want to be back on stage how old were you back then um I think 16 17 ish yeah 17 yeah and um after the show we went uh having lunch with my family and then there was a moment where I was uh, alone sitting there with my stepfather and he asked me why I was crying so much (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, he asked one question uh, which was really really important for me and I think it was the first time that someone ever asked me this question and this question was if nothing could go wrong and you have all the money and whatever uh, what would you do with your life what do you want to what do you really want to do and then I started crying again I just remember (laughs) (laughs) and this was the first time where I said to someone I want to be on stage but at the same time I said yeah but it's so like it's so hard and I think my mom doesn't want me to do it and everything <laughs> like this and then he really said okay then you're gonna do it and then let's do it uh-huh. and yeah it was actually the first time where I not only said it to someone but also to myself mm. like it was yeah this was really really important a really important moment for me um and then he really supported me and pushed me to go for it yeah that's such a big thing because I feel 
oftentimes we don't have the allowance, so to say, of our parents to go after the life we want, or you constantly, maybe it's not even spoken, but it's, you feel maybe they want you to have another career path, or they, they don't agree with the things that you like, and I believe that even if it was a, like, rather short conversation, it's such a big thing to know that you're supported, and that they believe in you, um, so having this kind of support from their side is also such a big thing, I feel. Yeah, and also, like, I, you have to tell people that you want it. I was like, I, I think mm -hmm. my mom doesn't want it. But I, if you really want something mm -hmm. and you have, like, arguments <laughs> and be like, oh, why you want to do it? No, I want to do it like this. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to talk about it. And in the end, if you, I think if you speak from your heart and can explain why you want to do things, mm -hmm and how the things make you feel that you're passionate about, then your parents will understand. I yeah, think. the people who love you will support yeah. you at the end of the day yeah. because they want the best for you. Yeah. yeah. Hey there. If you're ready to bring your idea into action and start making money with what you love doing most, then my 12-step program Kickstart Your Business is for you. In it, in a one-on-one -on -one setting, I teach you business foundations and we focus on action. So by the end of the program, you'll already be working with your dream client and have a clear and outstanding online presence. If you want to check if this is something for you, you can hop on a free call with me and see how this can benefit you and where it can meet you on your journey. And if you're not ready to jump into such a long-term coaching uh, journey, you can always hop on a one-off, one-on-one coaching session with me called Get Unstuck. In the Get Unstuck sessions, we focus on next steps and just mapping out where you are and where you want to be. So we focus on how to bridge these two and just bring you forward. Of course, also working on mindset blocks, fears, doubts, and everything in between. And if you don't even know how your self-employed um, version can even look like, there is a masterclass I recorded a couple of months ago to the three steps to self-employed vision where you can really build this version for yourself and see what you could do self-employed you can gain inspiration you can ideate and bring some ideas together and the masterclass is completely free so a link to that you can also find in the show notes and the special surprise for everyone who has listened to this part until the end is that in march i have a 15 percent discount on all of my offerings so so I would say that if you've been thinking about working together, March might be the right month for you just because after the end of this month, um, there will be some new offerings and um, formats of the sessions. So yeah, if you want to be in Kickstart Your Business in a one-on-one -on -one setting, really right now is the time since the program will be in group format later this year. And um, also if you've wanted to jump on a one-off Get Unstuck session, uh, the 15 discount percent discount is actually pretty nice so let's celebrate my birthday together i love supporting you and i love bringing you forward on your journey um, and with that said let's continue on with the live design talk what were the biggest challenges of really creating dance your career like the thing that really makes you money Oh, it's, it was really hard. And sometimes people ask me, did you ever want to like stop doing it? Or 
was there a time where you felt like oh, I don't want to do it anymore and I think if there was this time then it was before I even started to mm. do it because it was so hard to get into it mm. and um you work so hard and you do so much but yeah you sometimes I had the feeling that I'm not seen and now when I look back to those years where I felt like oh I want to do this and that I think it was good the way it was because I wasn't ready like mm. <laughs> everything is um going the way it's supposed to be um and also I think um, I think not only uh, skill wise I wasn't ready but also with my mindset like I think I was still also a bit scared maybe to be seen mm. and how does someone who's scared to be seen wants to be like on a big stage or in tv mm. that's not possible yeah so I think it also took the took the time for myself to be able to trust myself again and trust in my skills and the things that I can do and yeah also working with critique and if someone says oh you're this or you're to that to decide what I do with it and not like letting it um change my whole life basically mm. or yeah think okay this person said I'm like this so this means I'm like this <laughs> because that's not true yeah you can always decide if you yeah what you do with sentences mm. like this if you accept them and think yeah he or she's right do I want to do something about it or is it fine for me mm. or if you say okay I don't know what this person um went through in their lives yeah and, and so understanding um, how to go about feedback or i guess yeah, rather uh, negative feedback or constructive yeah feedback. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, i think it's interesting what you're saying because there are a lot of like scientific researches on our whole generation how we really we we're not patient at all and yes it's great to have these visions yeah. and to see people and where we want to be but it's like this year or like next year it's it, we don't leave space for like I don't know in 10 years maybe I would love to write a book it's like I have to do it right now and you like you don't understand how many like yes it's nice to imagine it but there are a lot of like identity shifts and growing that needs to happen in order for you to be there um, I lately read about a study um, about influencers that became very famous and had a huge reach like just in a couple of days and they're not ready for this success. This is even yeah. like, I don't know, if you're uh, small and you become a Hollywood star, you're yeah. not ready for all these things. And sometimes it's actually better to stretch it in a couple of more years, but slowly and transitionally like go into this growth and not be just put somewhere miles away from where you are right now and be like, okay, so what do I do now? Yeah. yeah. And it also feels, I now I think it really feels good because I know that I worked for and that I deserve everything that I do now and that I like got jobs I got and everything it's not that it was like just sent to me and I did nothing mm. for it and um, one other thing about this topic I think it can also feel kind of empty like when you have this one big goal that you really want to do I don't know 
write a book, for example. Yeah, yeah. Let's just not put it into the dance context. When this is the one thing you always want to do, and then when you when you write your book and doesn't matter how it went, but you published it, then you don't have this one thing in your life anymore yeah. that you were just like, like working towards for the last years. Mm. And that's also why I'm not such a big fan of those. Yeah, like I think it's really, really important to have goals and dreams but there's this dumb saying, the way you have to enjoy the way, the ride. Da, da, da. Yeah, not the final point. Yeah. yeah, but that's really like how it is. Sometimes it's not so it's not so nice how you thought before when you then accomplished your goal and then it's over. And then you're like, okay, this was the moment yeah. I was thinking about for years. And mm. now? So yeah. Yeah, this can also be scary and you can also feel empty after. It's interesting because I'm currently doing kind of a coaching program where we are investigating these kind of voices in our head. And every one of us has this kind of achiever that wants more. And it's kind of a good thing. Like we always want to be in a constant change and transition and we want more and more and better and more and better. However, it's proven that um, even the most successful people that have millions of money and that have made it all, at some point, exactly when you reach this point of having a goal for some time and then reaching it, you feel empty because you got to come up with another one. And then if you start doing them super fast, it's like on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then and I don't think that life is all about like just quantifying a lot of goals and being like, yeah, in the end of the day, I made so, so and so much, but yeah. Yeah, this is also one thing that I learned during my injury last year or general in general last year. Because as you said in the beginning, we're I think our generation in general is really like we always want to work and do more. And I think also in our generation, more people than before are self-employed. Mm. And when you're self-employed, you don't just like shut down your laptop at six and then are like, woo, mm. let's have dinner. Sometimes you sit there at night or in the morning, or when you lie in bed, you still think about things you can do, and then you write down something, and like your brain never shuts off. <laughs> mm, yeah. And um, what did I wanted to say? I forgot. Hmm. <laughs> I can take it from here. I think it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you said that because I feel like before when I was seeing people being self-employed, I was putting on a pedestal this thing of oh my god you can work less oh my god if I work for myself I'm gonna be so much freer and I think the first one year I was overworking so much more because you don't have this like no one tells you yeah start work at nine and then finish at five and then you're free and then you go home like sometimes you really I was so fascinated about working from everywhere but I was working from everywhere like <laughs> from my vacations from my like wherever I went I was like on my laptop and working and it was yeah so it's interesting how you put boundaries there and are you able to rest and how much like how much is rest a priority of yours because you just like explaining your day and how your life looks like you I guess your body is like your main tool of work and body needs rest too so how does that go yeah so this is actually something i'm working on at the moment <laughs> so one <laughs> my next one, product <laughs> yeah one thing i really always do is 
get my sleep. Sleep is so important for me. I love sleep. And I really make sure that I sleep eight hours a night. Of course, sometimes I don't, but then I do a nap on the day, you know? Yeah. Um. So this is one thing that I'm really proud of, that I'm not this girl anymore who works till, I don't know, 2 a.m. and then wakes up at six because this was me in school. I always came back late from training, then I did my homework and then I woke up at, I don't know, five to learn for the exam. And then I don't know. So this was me back in the days. Not good. Now I love my sleep. I love like really my eight hours. That's fine. And this is rest. Mm. Also, a thing that is for me, rest is to eat good stuff, to be honest. Like not just snacks on the day, but to always have like a proper dinner to fuel my body, mm. new things for the night so that I can be fit on the next day. Mm. And yeah, like to be honest, I don't have like so many days where I don't move my body. I don't take dance class every day, but then I go to the gym or then I give class. So um some years ago I always had one or two days a week where I didn't dance but this doesn't happen anymore so for me it's easier now what I started I think yeah kind of after my injury for me it's easier when I just leave Berlin for some days even if it's just for three days then it's easier for me to just yeah be in another mind yeah mind and um yeah sit on the couch for one day for example this is something that I never do here (laughs) um but that's that's okay I'm good at listening to my body and Mm. I feel when I feel like I'm tired then I think of okay are you really tired or do you need someone like to push you to kick your ass Mm. Um, and if I don't feel like doing things then I don't do them so yeah yeah um one thing i wanted to ask earlier and you can tell me if you feel comfortable um answering is when it comes to the financial part of things um oftentimes people think that you start your thing and then it just happens that you um, can make enough money to sustain yourself and everything runs out like very smoothly and at least from my experience I saw how this actually stretches in time um, can you go back to how long it actually took you to be able to sustain yourself only from dance and I think it's an interesting question because oftentimes the art so music dance no matter what it is like from the art sphere um, oftentimes people think that you can't make money with that and you're always going to be broke and you always like I feel like there's a lot of mentality around that so I would love to touch upon that um so some things (laughs) at first um I still have something else that I do I do a social media for a dance school here in Berlin and I still have this on the side. Like this is also a thing that I can do from everywhere that I can do when I have jobs, when I'm, I don't know, where, wherever. And there were moments where I was like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. But now I'm really, really grateful to do it. Not only because it gives me, yeah, a bit of stability mm-hmm. and the freedom to chill about my dance life (laughs) yeah and security yeah and um yeah so this is one thing that I do Hmm. um just to be honest (laughs) and I think you can't I think I can't say how long it took to 
be able to make a living out of it because um, it also like fluctuates. There are months or there were years where it was really easy because I had jobs. And um, for example, I was part of a series and this is something else like we did it for, I don't know, four months, I think. And when you have a job for four months, of course, that's better than when you have a job for one week or mm. four days or something like this. It also gives you more stability and more money. So, yeah. And then when you were, one thing that I think every freelancer needs to learn is that when you have money now, you also have to think about the next month because it doesn't mean that you will have money the next month. Mm. So you have to, I don't know, save it, invest it, do whatever you want to do with it, but not think, oh, now I have, I don't know, let's <laughs> say, hey, let's go to the US. Woo. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I have nothing anymore. So I think this is something that is like, it's like a soft skill for freelancers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like it, doesn't depend on the field that you're in but this is something that every freelancer has to learn that you don't have like a certain amount of money coming to you every month yeah and you can't say oh this is the day where I get paid I don't care mm -hmm. but yeah you have to work for it and sometimes mm -hmm. you really work for it and you give it your all but you still get no job and that's not always your fault and you can't always do something about it and that's okay, mm. but be prepared. So, yeah. 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 Thank you so much for being honest. I feel like sometimes um, people feel there's something shameful about not being completely like hundred percent in the thing that you want to do and having kind of a side job, part-time job, whatever, something that really gives you this kind of security. And I had it for a long time. And I think, this made my transition um, into being able to build something on my own so much smoother because you don't come out of the fear of what is my next job? Like, how am I going to sustain this month? Um, yeah. So, And also, I think it's nice to have something. Sometimes I even think, because back in the days I worked in a coffee place and I some, sometimes I really think, oh, I sometimes miss it because I just want to, I don't know, stand there, give people their coffee, have a little small talk and don't think about, oh, will my body be able to do those steps? Can I remember the choreography? Can I do the turns? Can I like, it's just so for me, it's also nice to do the social media because it's just something else. Yeah. And as I said in the beginning, I'm interested in so many things and mm -hmm. I learned so much so much out of it that I can also use for myself it's not mm. that I that is it is something completely different mm. but even if it was yeah it doesn't matter but from it's nice for my brain to be like stimulated in another topic and to do another thing and yeah. also to have a bit of responsibility not only for myself because this also can feel something sometimes a bit overwhelming Mm. But everything you do is for yourself for your brand for your person for your job this is yeah. like it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah you mentioned um let's say the financial planning I'm gonna call it as a one of the learnings that you have to learn as a freelancer when you're have kind of your personal brand your business what are some of other like very useful learnings or skills that helped you to be where you are because it all often requires us having many different hats. Like we have to be present on the social media and we have to network and we have to um, 
know things about like accounting and taxes and so many different things that um because sometimes you focus so much on yeah I want to dance but if you're gonna be dancing um as self-employed there's like ton of other things that come into picture so what are some of the useful skills and learnings mm, so I think time management is really important time and also energy management I would mm. call it like this maybe um but I kind of always had it or always had to have it yeah. I don't know because yeah. Yeah, already when I was in school I had a lot of training and dance and I also like in this young ensemble we always had shows and I had shows for three months of the year since I was six years old and I always had to like balance it out with the school and the homework and other friends and other stuff so I think I already learned it when I was a child and mm -hmm. it was always like okay I can go to dance and I can do everything but I have to of course um be yeah able to to do it with school on the side <laughs> so um there was no other option for me than to yeah. make it work yeah um, and I'm really really lucky about it that it's not something that I had to learn now because it kind of felt natural to me because I've been doing it forever um then also I don't want to talk about this now but there's this whole thing it has also to do with finances like taxes and everything hmm. which is a bit complicated here in Germany I don't know about Bulgaria but <laughs> we're more chill on that <laughs> that's why I'm <laughs> Ah, now I know the truth yeah <laughs> um so yeah this is one thing and yeah something that is not I don't know it's not like one of those typical soft skills but one thing that was a game changer for me and it is, it is more like a, a mental thing is when I started to feel happy for other people mm. this is really one thing that changed so much um, because I think the energy that you give out to other people and can also be with one of your friends like just mm -hmm. because people are your friends it doesn't mean that you can feel happy for them when they accomplish something that you want to do yeah. this is something that I really had to learn along the way and I think when you give good energy to the people and you really can feel happy for them not only say oh you got the job I'm so happy for you but think oh my god <laughs> yeah like this is the universe <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's not the truth but when you can yeah when you just when you just feel genuine genuinely happy for other people and think there's enough space for everyone enough room for everyone there's there is a place for everyone and every everyone has different things that they can do that they're able to do and to learn that it's also not always like in my job it's not always about the skill sometimes mm. it's about the fucking hair color and then I can be happy for my blonde friend you know yeah, <laughs> it's not that I think then ah, but mm. um, it's something that really changed um a lot in me and I think that yeah the universe makes things happen for you when you're good to other people and of course when you put the work in yeah you you always <laughs> <have to> work. <laughs> yeah. no but 
I don't know. I think some people think, oh, I, I can just like manifest my my oh, yeah. life and I can just think about it and then I will wake up and have everything. No, that's <laughs> how it works. You actually, <laughs> sorry guys, <laughs> put in the work. Um, but yeah, this was one thing that really changed a lot for me. Mm. And when you ask now, how did you do it? I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's interesting because you, you touched upon that. I think it falls back to this belief that there is enough for everyone and that when someone is taking a job or like being successful, it doesn't take from you because this is yeah. the, the feeling that you have. It's like, oh, I'm sad and I'm angry because you took something that belonged to me, but it wasn't mine in the first mine. place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I think this is the thing, like understanding that what's yours, it's yours and it's going to find you and... and yeah, I don't know. Um, understanding that also, I think this is a twist to comparison. Instead of like comparing yourself to others, it's like seeing them as inspiration and be like, okay, great. So you can do that. So this shows me that I can do that too. And it's not like, oh, you can do it. So I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think this is like a thing. I think many people are living in like, um, how should I say? scarcity mindset yeah no they're like the feeling of lack and everything mm -hmm. yeah 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 and you can always like shift this around like you can always just what you said the feeling of jealousy you can switch into feeling of motivation or inspiration let's mm. put it like this or also see that okay this person can make it happen then i can make it happen too yeah yeah how does this person do it like or find your own way to do it yeah you don't mm. always have to like copy or what works for one person doesn't mean that it works for other person people um yeah or same thing i don't know when you have like the fear of making mistakes or fear of i don't know being judged mm. maybe turn it into being curious and what will you find out what will you learn when you make mistakes and yeah. seeing that it can actually be a good thing and mm. yeah yeah I think understanding your mindset and knowing how to work with it is such an important learning when it comes to you being self-employed because it oftentimes triggers so many fears and doubts and things that are like personally yours um, and it really takes some skills and observation and time and acceptance to understand oh wait I am judging so many people and I am feeling bad about myself and how can I switch that how can I tap into like a place of love and not a judgment yeah and I think it's also good to understand that there can be various feeling feelings at the same time like you can, I can be happy for my friend that got the job, but I can still be sad in the same moment that I didn't get it, but that's okay. Mm. Like I can, I can still be happy for my friend and can still be, can still think, yeah. yes, go for it and really mean it and really feel it. And that's okay. Because when I feel sad that I didn't get it, it's just a sign that I really want to do it. So let's put in the work maybe I get it the next time or the mm. next or the next <laughs> <laughs> or the next time <laughs> and maybe in 10 years because then when I got it I feel empty again so <laughs> maybe enjoy the moments where you're still working for it yeah. yeah um towards the end of the podcast I always have like three 
fast questions. They're never fast, but let's say this is how I call them. Um, <laughs> so don't need to be like fast. But um, first one is what is a book you would recommend everyone reading? Oh, I kind of knew that you asked this question, but I, <laughs> I chose not to prepare. Uh, literally just say the last book that you wrote and you were like yeah oh my god everyone should read it okay let me talk a bit about uh, my reading habits like <laughs> I I started it's no joke I started reading when I was four years old I could read before I went to school and I read like proper books before I went to school so I'm a bookworm yeah you say it in English bookworm yeah I think so okay. <laughs> I hope so if not it's a German word <laughs> for a warm that stays in both um and when i started to um yeah find my interest for mental health and all this manifestation stuff and spirituality and everything and psychology also i started to buy many many books um <laughs> in those <laughs> topics but now I have, uh, it's not like, I think I really have 50 books with those mm -hmm. topics I haven't even read. I think they're super interesting, but it takes me ages to read them. Mm -hmm. And like in the last years, I had this phase where I was like, I'm so sad. I'm not this quick reader anymore. It takes me so much time to read it. And then when I'm, I don't know, I'm on holiday and I just read a dumb book about two people falling in love and then it doesn't work and then I just read it so quick I can really I don't know it takes me two days to read such a uh, big book um and now I'm currently currently reading I started it three days ago and I'm almost finished and I'm happy about it um the biography of Matthew Perry who is the actor of um friends he plays the chandler in friends and it's it, so, so at first it really feels so good that i'm still able to read quick and to be interested in it and to have my book with me wherever i go and to read before i sleep and to read mm. in the train and like always this feels so good that i have this feeling again mm. um, it shows me that you don't always have to use your time to learn something and to get better and to have a better yeah. mindset. And yeah, you can, this is my moment where I just want to shut off and just dive into another world. And that's fine. I don't always have to work on things I want to improve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the book, um, you also said it before in our conversation, just because someone is rich, it doesn't mean they're happy. Mm -hmm. And this book is making me so, so sad. So I think most of the people know Friends, the series. And if you like it, then I would really re recommend to read it. Um, because I didn't know it. He was really, um, he was an addict for basically his whole life. Mm. And like, he's so, so rich and so... Famous too. So like, famous. Also in one, like part of the, probably one of the most famous tv series ever yeah, ever yeah and yeah it's, it make me or it still makes me so sad to read it like this mm. fight that he has and i'm like you can do it let's go <laughs> <laughs> and kind of i don't know i kind of a part of me doesn't understand why he, why he can't do it but it's uh, yeah it's 
Yeah. It's um I don't know, it's sad, but at the same time, this is the real life. Yeah. And exactly. Good for everyone who thinks, oh, I want to be famous and I want to do this and that, and I want to have millions of money, that this is not the way out of your emotional stuff like you can't just leave your country you can't just be a millionaire and then you're happy mm. you always have the things in yourself and you have to not not any amount of followers or money on your bank account makes this the way yeah away you really have to deal with it and it's hard but mm. it's worth it i think yeah Thank you for this fast answer. Um, <laughs> no, joke, <laughs> joking. Um, I think it's so nice, which is that I had the same thing with uh, self-help books and like whole personal development thing. I mean, I I think it's part of my work to also have this interest and learn these things. Um, but I feel like people buy these books because they buy the feeling. Like you go there and you're like, I don't know, you're seeing a book that is uh, telling you you're gonna be rich fast or you're gonna heal your trauma or whatever and you buy it and you're like oh my god I feel so good about it. like it's like you healed your trauma but you never opened this book so it's weird um, and I feel like also with this I saw how everyone is giving their advice on something that really works for them but it's haven't signed up that it's gonna work for you I mean it's nice to hear what worked for someone and maybe you can try it but it's also not kind of a it's not a shortcut to anything I think oh. this should be a disclaimer in self-help books. Like, hey guys, this is this was my way. Doesn't mean that it might not be way. yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I got interested in this book, and I I will say I knew that um, Machu Perry had this kind of like addiction. He was going through something because he was. Um, you can also see it in the series that like he's very different season. To I season. know you can see it, but when I I don't know I really. I didn't think about it. I was like, it was rich and famous. Like, what was <laughs> no, but I was so just into the story and into the series mm -hmm. that I didn't think about the people as real people and actors. Mm. And he's also the funny one. So he's the yeah. funny one. Yeah. For, for me, he was just Chandler. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> My next fast question is what is an advice you give your younger self? Um, I think I would say different things. I would say it's okay to cry. Yes. And it's okay to have emotions. Not only it's okay, it's good. Mm -hmm. Use it. Many people can't cry. Many people can't show emotions. Yeah. So be happy that you have this. Um, this is one thing. Then for dance, I would say go to the gym because it made such a big difference when I started to also do other like workouts next to just dance class it yeah really changed my dancing this is what I would say to my younger dance self <laughs> <laughs> and um, one last thing is don't wait for people to ask questions just talk hmm. yeah so the opposite would be go ahead and start a conversation yeah no yeah. that's yeah that's the thing yeah. Hmm. yeah if you have something on your mind don't wait for someone hmm. to ask just say it yeah yeah um on the first one i feel this is very i don't know i feel 
afraid of sharing this, but um, as someone who is not from Germany and me coming to Germany, um, people have this prejudice that Germans, all of them, are very (laughs) cold and very closed and not funny at all and for me it was and I was living with this prejudice just because it's put in your head and you never question it until the moment that you're in Germany and I remember that meeting you and meeting other friends of ours in Berlin and seeing that you are emotional and you allow yourself to have feelings and to cry and to be there for me when I have these feelings was such a big thing for me and I felt so understood and this is why we were so close and we are so close because yeah I mean people have feelings and also (laughs) Germans have feelings with my learning (laughs) yeah Um, but it's so important like it's what connects us as humans so I just wanted yeah thank you for crying oh thank you that you said it and the last thing is what is the next big now I don't even want to ask it but however what's the next big dream of yours and the next thing you want to achieve um I don't share it here um i'm really really yeah i don't share my goals for me this is something that is really private for me like my close friends know it of course but just wait then you can go to my i don't i don't i don't like to share it also because things change and maybe in some months i don't want to do it anymore um but i also don't want to feel like pressured I don't know no one is pressuring me when I say it now but this is one thing that I like to keep for myself yeah yeah then when you achieve it just be like uh by the way back on this podcast <laughs> it was this one <laughs> Emma with an Oscar or whatever <laughs> um is there something I didn't ask you or you want to share or you just want to yeah use this space for for saying um no, I think we had a really nice conversation. I just want to th- say what I said before. It doesn't matter what you do, but do it with love. Mm. Yeah. You can, when you put your heart into it, it will be a success. Think about what you really want to do and s- think about what success means for you because there's this big thing, I think, in our generation or in every, in the bubbles that we're living in that what success means or how much money you want to make or in my case for what artists we have to dance and then you made it as a dancer Mm. maybe I don't want to dance for this artist and maybe I can be still successful you know so figure out what success means for you Mm. and be brave enough to live like this Mm. when you found it out yeah yeah thank you um where can people find you and find out more about you i know some of the people that are listening to the podcast are actually based both in berlin and germany so where can they see you (laughs) (laughs) now the easiest way is just uh, instagram it's emma vela so e double m a w e r l e r um and yeah you can always text me there just ask questions i love questions and there, yeah, you can find everything dance-based. I don't share so much personal stuff there anymore, but that's fine. For me, it's like a work thing. Mm. Um, but if you have also, I don't know, more personal questions, you can always ask them. I'm happy to help. Yeah. And you do have a beginner class, right? One of them is beginners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And stretching babies also for beginner. Like yeah, beginner this friendly. is all level thing. I always 
yeah, look uh, to the people individually and um, everyone can start. So that's no problem at all. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation and being so honest and giving us like a real life look into just how your day-to-day life looks like and also how you ended up where you are. Yeah, I'm so happy. Thanks for having me. And also I want to say I'm so proud of you for creating your team. So (laughs) congrats, babe. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast interview. If it brought you value, if you think it might inspire someone from your own circle, then please don't hesitate to share it on your socials, to leave a review, to subscribe to the podcast. Um, I hate saying all of these things, but they do help the podcast to reach more people and inspire more people. So I would be really thankful for that. Also, I would love to hear your feedback on the podcast interviews. If you have any other questions you would like to hear me asking in the live design talks, please let me know. I'm always really open for your feedback. So yeah, I'm excited for you hearing the second one. As a little teaser, we'll be speaking to a yoga teacher and amazing design thinking woman. So with that, I'm going to see you next week in the next live design talk.